0: Welcome to the Waco Suck. My name is Julia Meek.
1: I'm Austin Meek.
0: I'm Wendy Gregg. And we are joined here today with Corey
2: McIntyre. And um, Corey, I'm going to let you tell these people, the the three in Waco who don't already know who you are, I'm going to let you tell them who you are.
3: So who I am. I am the chef and owner of Milo, which is a local provisions, food truck, catering, and just all around incredible fun time experience.
2: Awesome. You're so humble, too. Well,
3: I think it's best to portray yourself in the best light possible because it can only go down from there.
2: OK, now I feel bad. but that's Well, so I have to totally admit, and of course you saw me, um, I had Milo for lunch because I thought I'm going to, you know, I'm a method actor. So that's like that. how I that's how I get down. So I was like, I'm going to really get into this podcast by having a farmer's daughter for lunch, which actually, as I say, that sounds kind of awkward. But, um, Delicious. so, what was the
3: I ate a daughter? farmer's daughter for lunch.
2: Yeah. Tell us what the farmer's daughter is.
3: So on the bottom is a biscuit, a uh, fresh buttermilk biscuit with uh, a Kennebec potato hash. The Kennebec potato is grown uh, organically here in Texas and it uh, has a high starch content. So it crisps up really, really well, really quickly. And then on top of that, we put uh, braised greens. Those are sweet potato greens right now this time of year. They're uh, super cheap, but super, super, super tasty. Yeah, if you cook them properly. And then uh, just f- uh, fresh vegetables. So we call it the farmer's daughter so that it, uh, we can change it up whenever we want to. Whatever's fresh. Oh, know. nice. Yeah. So a farmer's daughter would, in turn, eat whatever's fresh from the farm. So that's kind of why we named it that. With a fried egg over the top and a little smoked tomato gravy. Uh-huh.
1: So, Corey, rank these for me. Okay. In terms of potatoes. Okay. And well really in terms of French fried style. Okay, okay. French no. style potatoes. So I want I want you to rank these for me. Okay. I've got curly, got waffle, got steak, and pommes frites, which are like like thin yeah. little guys. So and then any that I'm missing out on. Can you guys think of of wait, any other wait, French fry varieties? Wait. So we've got waffle fries, uh-huh. a la Chick-fil-a, curly fries, a la Arby's, we've got steak fries, like the big, nice thick ones, put lots of sauce on it. And then little thin pommes frites.
0: What about sweet potatoes? Does that count?
1: No, because th- these these are the size of the fries and the cut of the fries. I'm not talking about whether kennebec potato versus sweet potato. What about sweet um, potato.
0: like breakfast potatoes? Ooh. Ooh, like hash browns.
1: Ooh, yeah, okay. skillet potatoes. tater
0: tots. Ooh, skillet potatoes. Tater
2: tots.
1: Okay, oh. so let's put tater tots in the mix. No, I you like didn't. that, Julia.
2: I did. Oh, man. No.
1: And so we'll put tater tots in the mix and then, yeah, breakfast potatoes. So you're talking about like cubed potatoes, basically? Cub- yeah. Okay, cool. All right, Corey. So rank in order of worst to first, waffle, curly, steak, palm, tater, and cubed. All right, uh, I guess all right so
3: potatoes. I think that my number one, it's, it's going to have to be curly fries. They're just the best. Because nice. they're usually battered. And something yeah, awesome like yeah, a beer batter, uh-huh. so uh, I just love curly fries.
2: And they have seasoning, so you don't even need ketchup. Exactly,
3: and, and it catches like if you have like a big vat of ketchup, you stick that down in there, and then it has all of this like layers of ketchup all over, or mayonnaise, or however you oh, eat it, no, or ranch, no whatever. We are in Texas, no so ranch. How do you generally eat your French fries, uh, condiment like, wise? Condiment wise, I like to take like a three to one ratio: three parts hot sauce to one part ketchup personally wow. i love oh
2: my god wait what's your hot sauce of choice
3: if, I, if i'm doing like a vinegar hot sauce it's gonna be crystal hot sauce from louisiana okay um but i do love s- like sriracha on everything sure i mean if, if you're eating it why not put sriracha on it right mm-hmm. that just makes sense
0: i like that in mayo
3: i do like mayo like a mm-hmm. herb mayo mm-hmm. with some french fries
0: Spicy, meat, like sriracha with mayo sriracha That's my mayo. favorite
3: yeah. oh yeah I okay. mean, is there any way we can get to like, run and get us some fries?
0: Wait, <laughs> wait, I thought you were
2: going to bring fries. Yeah. yeah, why do you think Where we had on you business? on here?
3: Oh, yeah. That, well, okay. Hold on. I'll be right back.
2: <laughs>
3: so, yeah, curly fries, then probably waffle after that, frites. I don't know. I don't know. Now I'm I'm questioning my whole like existence because – <laughs> tater tots are also in there. Tater
1: tots are so good. Tater tots
0: are real good. Okay,
3: I completely go back. I'm going curly, tater, waffle fries, pom frites, cubed, and then steak fries at the very end. Okay. For me.
0: So, is there a big difference in all of them? I think steak
3: of- steak fries always seem like to be just chewy. Like they they're never fully cooked. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's
2: true.
1: Not enough crisp for me. Yeah, I it's know. so it's almost too big and thick for the middle of it to be as cooked as. But the you know who
2: has it. almost a steak fry? It's almost big enough to be a steak fry, and they're really good. Is Double R? Mm. Oh, never been there.
3: They do have good.
2: They have good French fries. Yeah.
3: yeah.
1: And I just I think it would totally work if you had a place that was just a fry bar. So essentially, it would be the Chipotle of French fries. So you walk in, you say, okay, I want curly, I want waffle, I want palm frit, and then you get your protein on top, you get whatever sort of veggies mm-hmm. you want, get your sauces. So you can make you know a big chili cheese fry order, or you could get yeah, I think I'll have some you know palm with a little uh tzatziki and some shaved lamb That'd be awesome. and just God. a little Veggies yeah and olive oil. yeah i mean like you can Pokey-o's go crazy on
2: potato it. bar <laughs> boom <laughs> boom
1: but yeah i mean that's one of those things that the reason why chipotle does so well is that you give people very distinct guidelines like it's going to be one of these four meats it's going to be one of these eight vegetables but you let people go crazy yeah. within that and i i mean we've seen that Stuff like that, where people get their own options, just works really well.
3: Yeah, you know, I, I mean, if you look at it from like a food trend point of view, I was just reading reading an article last night, and they put these like five or ten kind of food critics in a, in a room and said, okay, two thousand fifty, what is the what is the modern restaurant going to look like? and they all came out and said it's going to be a fast casual. Like everything mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the top restaurants will be fast casual. It'll be something quick with choices that you can create your own experience. I think that's what I mean. Right. People, you know, it's not that restaurants fail. I I mean restaurants do fail because people just suck at business, but I think some restaurants fail because they don't allow the user to change it enough. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that if I think that if you borrow from what Chipotle's done, you, I mean, you you will be successful. I mean, that, I mean, Chipotle bought McDonald's out of their shares that McDonald's had invested in it. I mean, they're doing well. Yeah. So I mean, copy well, it.
2: You brought up okay. So trends. Um, we've heard I've heard of gourmet, gourmet toast before, and everyone is Avocado doing toast. something to. Oh, that's my jam. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone is doing something to macaroni and cheese now um you've got biscuits on lock um so what what's the next do you have a prediction for like what's the next crazy i mean there's actually a cereal bar where you can go and get so like what's what are
0: people gonna be is gonna be like
1: hey where's the cereal bar
0: that's actually a thing or you can go and get cereal. I think it we, is. We had that business concept because there is that club called Tricks that's across from the Praetorian. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so we we're like, that would be awesome if there was just a place that had tricks. Like you go in and you pretty delicious. Like that's all you sell and is tricks. So maybe you can
3: choose different. You, kinds you have of like milk. different cocktails that tasted like tricks, yeah. or like you know, it, like <laughs> instead of salt, it, it was like lined with like sugary tricks.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I like how obscure of a cereal Tricks is anyway. It's like no one would actually want to only eat Tricks, but that would be be the only thing that we sell sell. is is Tricks. It could be really
3: psychedelic with having like a a rabbit running through. Yeah, man. (laughs) Wait, (laughs) am I watching Donnie Darko? What's going on? Yeah.
2: But, okay, so, but trend wise, I want to know what's the new thing?
3: Oh, man. I'll, I'll tell you what I would like to see. What? I would like to see like milkshakes make a real big comeback. Boozy, can they be boozy? Boozy milkshakes. Wow. Nice.
2: Like at Ted's Bulletin?
3: Like at Ted's Bulletin with some what? badass pop tarts.
2: Mm, high five. <laughs> Ooh, yeah.
3: Hey, what's Ted's Bulletin? It's in Washington DC and they uh they do like a pop tart of the day, pop tart of the moment, and it's super good. They 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 have there's a lot of little places kind of cuz Milo is going to be brunch and breakfast and stuff. So there's a there's a lot of places kind of around the country that I've been to that are my inspirations and Ted's is one of those where it's just like it's ingrained in political society. I mean, you can go in there and you can see congressmen mm-hmm. and pe- heads it's of state. Cute it's
2: cute ambiance and it's a lot of wood. And their pop tarts are interesting. Like they had a Thanksgiving pop tart when I was there. Wow! And and the boozy milkshakes are bomb. I think
3: I think boozy milkshake. If like if you had, you know, there's there's a thing called a bushwhacker in Nashville, and I loved them. I don't like sweet things, but you put enough, you know, deliciousness in (laughs) there. Yeah, some people just get scared about dairy
1: products with their alcohol. Like, for instance, people who don't like white Russians. You know, just some for some people, I think that lactose just sort of sets with them differently, and it feels weird to mix it with the alcohol.
0: There's substitutes. You can do almond milk. Soy
3: milk.
1: I love it. Going back,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that
1: would be crazy. Uh, going back to what you were saying earlier about, um, you know, that that fast casual trend and giving people options. How do you balance that as a chef? Because let's take Milo specifically. You know, you made these biscuits, you pickled these onions, whatever else it might be. And how do you balance the fact that I know what the best combination is? And Milo's a little different because you guys do like. Have the You have the menu versus stuff that people just you know randomly order. But yeah, the difference between knowing what's best versus letting people decide what's best for them.
3: Well, uh, since y'all have been to, and I'm sure we'll talk about this, the farm-to-table dinners. Mm-hmm. Like, all the farm-to-table dinners and even the way that I cook is all food memory. That's all it is. And that's, you know, I think some people... I mean, everybody has different aspirations for what their careers are, but I have very ingrained and specific and very emotional ties to, to food. And going back to my family, going back to times with friends or like last meals I've eaten with grandparents and stuff like that. So I have all these memories of what things tasted like and how it tasted and what all was there. So and I, I want to share those kind of things with people, you know, whether it's in a in a dinner or it's on a biscuit or, or whatever. So I think that if, if somebody wants something a certain way and they're like, hey, you know, could I do this? Could I put this on that? It it may it may be something that they've had before and they love. And they're like, oh, this is what I want to do. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like, I just, I want to be able to give people an opportunity to have good food. I mean, because at the heart of what we're doing, you know, we're sourcing things really well and trying to be responsible to that. And from that, all these things can spread. And so, I know that's a little deeper than maybe what you're asking, but That's awesome. I mean, I think I that
2: single tier.
0: <laughs> Going back to your emotional ties to food, tell me about the first time you made a biscuit.
3: The first time I made a biscuit was a disaster. But it was How old was, were you? I was probably like 8 or 9. And I was with my mom. And so, I give a lot of credit to my grandmother for my biscuits, but I never actually made a biscuit with her. She taught my mom how to make biscuits, and then my mom taught me, and so it's kind of an ode to her. Of like, <laughs> I'm going to get emotional again. Good, Thank right, God. that's what we. Want. <laughs> I know, um, but it's kind of you know every time that I get to either make one or I'm eating, it's so. I mean, so, I don't know. Some some people may, may think it's really silly, but to me, to me, it's you know I get to spend time with her, you know, mm-hmm. and um, you know, there's a lot of things that. I'll, I'll have a bite of and think, oh, man, like, my dad would love this or my grandfather would love this. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's because that's, y- you know, we all have these specific things in our lives, like whether it's at a restaurant like Ted's Bulletin and we get to share that mm-hmm. or, you know, it's a meal we had or a drink we had or something that, you know, it all like kind of registers in those little boxes. and
2: Aren't taste and smell like most closely related to
0: memory yeah. or something? I mean. So have you been making biscuits since you were eight, or did you take a biscuit break?
3: Um, I did I mean, I took I took I took a br- biscuit break. Uh, no, I mean, I started really thinking like, oh, I should probably think about this. You know, this is something that, you know, was really important to my grandfather and you know, Jack Jack, uh, my my grandmother's name. She her name was Jackie. I called her Jack Jack. That's cute. Um, you know, she made biscuits all the time for Big Dad, who's my grandfather, and then for our family like on Sundays whenever she would do, you know, Sunday dinner, and so Wait a like, minute,
2: Jack, Jack and Big Dad, that's like the most southern and awesome <laughs> grandparent names <laughs> Jack, Jack, ever and Big <laughs> That's the best
3: I know, it like, and it was great because I was the first grandchild, so I got to, oh, I got to come got to name with them. all the names. <gasps> awesome. Lucky I know. I you did really a good lucky. job Um, <laughs> Then my aunt, her name's Melody, but I couldn't say that when I was a kid, and I said oh. Melmy, me. So I just, she, she's been Melmy, me, so nice. I, I don't think I've ever called her Melody. It would feel weird if I did. Um, but yeah, so I was probably in college. I, I was definitely in college. Actually, I know for sure I was in college because um, I was an FCS major, actually. And, um, I mean, oh. FCS, what up? and uh, that's family and childhood family studies family and consumer science family and consumer science okay. that's the big
0: umbrella it's like yeah. business gotcha and then there's marketing finance,
3: all that. Um, so I was an FCS major and we had this lab um, where we had to do short or quick breads which is what a biscuit is and um, I, d- I just decided to make a biscuit because I knew how to make it and um, after that I thought it's like well you know I don't know this isn't how my moms are but I want to get her to teach me next time I'm home. And so, from then on, I just went on this quest of making, like, the perfect biscuit. that my grandfather or my dad would say, this is Jack Jack's. This is what Jack Jack's biscuit is. So, I feel like I've captured the essence of that. Do you remember that
1: first moment when they told you this was Jack Jack's biscuit?
3: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I was, uh, it was Christmas a few years ago, and my grandfather was like, he took a bite of him and just kind of, he's a man of few words. (laughs) <laughs> he just kind of shook his head. He said, "This is like Jackie's." That's so they just had wow.
0: butter and jam on their biscuits.
3: I mean, you know, biscuits and gravy. Yeah, and um, lot lots of gravy and muscadine jelly.
2: Yeah, what what?
3: What's that? Uh, it's a it's like a it's a wild grape that grows. You, I mean, mostly in the south. But they grew up behind my grand grandmother's uh, house, and she would make muscadine wine and muscadine jelly
2: i want to say they're as um prevalent in the south south carolina also as mustang grapes are here except for that muscadine you can make muscadine what you can make a lot of great things from muscadine but mustang grapes (laughs) are hard pressed to make something that doesn't also take a vat of sugar they are not as tasty
3: (laughs) they're not yeah uh muscadines are not quite as um tart
0: yeah exactly so Must- what's the most popular item on your menu?
3: Probably right now is the Sycamore chicken, fried yeah, chicken. It's biscuit. good. What all,
0: what all is on that?
3: So it's the biscuit, eggs, uh, sort of sweet tea, fried chicken. So we let the chicken sit in sweet tea overnight. There's a bunch of different stuff in there too, but sweet tea mainly. Um, sweet tea. Raw
2: chicken sits in it? Raw, raw I mean, chicken overnight. Is that a brine? Is that yeah. what you call it? Yeah, so it
3: brines. Yeah. And so it brines overnight, and then it gets breaded um, – in the breading, we use – it's uh, three parts flour, two parts rice flour, then one part vital wheat gluten. And the vital wheat gluten is um, – it's uh, it's where all the protein is in the wheat. So we put that in there to get a super crispy cr- crust.
2: It's not gluten-free. It's gluten-plus. It's gluten-plus. It's gluten-plus-plus. Add gluten. Yeah. <laughs> gluten-plus-plus.
3: Plus. Gluten. Yeah, gluten plus plus. But, I mean, there's rice flour, so <laughs> it's not as bad. And
0: chicken. It's chicken.
3: So, I mean, if you're vegetarian gluten-free, you just don't eat it. So. <laughs> and then uh, it gets like a um, a purple cabbage uh, kind of vinegary slaw. It's not like a really ma- uh, mayonnaise slaw. And then uh, pickles, and then it gets this s- uh, sweet sorghum chili habanero gl- like sauce over the top of it.
2: And those who in the know get it Nashville-style, which means what?
3: Super, super spicy. Yeah. So Nashville-style, there's a... Uh, in Nashville, there's a certain type of chicken um, there that's fried. Then you make this kind of sauce mixture that you dab on the chicken, and it just has a, it's a bunch of chili, smoked paprika, and then you take the fryer oil into that dry mix, mix it up, and then dab it on the chicken, and it's just super, super, super spicy.
1: So the trailer opened up on Monday of this yeah. week, correct? Yep. Okay. What was the process of, like, getting that trailer together, and how did you decide to put it at Common Grounds, and what's that been like?
3: Well, um, I looked at a bunch of different options and i I knew that I wanted to open a trailer because i like i like that i don't know i like the the culture of food food trucks sure and, I mean I don't know if you do <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Julia and I are into it well it's such a it's such a communal thing,
3: yeah, it's like we get it it's like
0: you need you know, other people yeah. to succeed
1: for sure
3: and um i knew I knew that i wanted to to do do mobile vending for a little while and test that out and just kind of try to be everywhere all the time you know and so we started looking at trucks and my biggest worry was like oh, am I gonna have to fix this truck all the time i'm sure y'all go through that i mean <laughs> well they okay the van's broken down like we got you know and so um there's this trailer out behind common grounds that uh, belongs to um jesus who owns a uh, crucero cafe off the circle And they actually opened last year. They did like a taco. Yeah, El
2: Crucero. El
3: Crucero, Mm -hmm. something like that, behind Common Grounds. And I don't think it did well. or I don't know what happened. But uh, so they shut that down. And then um, Blake and I partnered up to to start Milo. And he asked me, he's like, hey, do you want to put Milo in this trailer for now just to see what happens? And, I mean, being right next to Baylor is a pretty good deal. I mean, Mm there's thousands of people right there all the time. And um, Common Grounds is somewhat busy. Every day, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. So figuring, you know, hey, if we get a percentage of those people, and we can start, you know, connecting the dots of people who go to the farmers market and have us, and then they're like, oh man, I really want to have you on Wednesday. Well, now you can, mm-hmm. you know. And, and at the farmers market, we can only really do like two bis- two different sandwiches. Yeah. And now we can do four or five, and do more. Like we have smoked at grits. We have biscuits and gravy. We have we're gonna have a lot. We're like biscuit bread pudding when it gets a little bit colder.
0: <gasps> yeah, with a hard sauce.
3: Mm-hmm. 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 so what's your mm-hmm. favorite
0: and least favorite thing so far since monday
3: oh getting up at five o'clock in the morning is least favorite yeah mm-hmm. but you know it is what it is um and then i think the most favorite thing is just people who kind of stumble across it and they're like i don't know like it's kind of expensive and they'll complain about that and then we'll give them the food, and it's a lot of food. Mm-hmm. And then they eat it, and they're like, hey, this is totally worth right. it. Holy mm-hmm. crap. Like,
2: Well, and so this is a pretty – this is an extra big week. I mean, no pressure or anything, but we're going to open Milo behind Common Grounds, and we're going to have our farm to table. Isn't it tomorrow? Yeah, Tomorrow. Yeah, so I know that you like to keep um the farm to table uh, you know some of it is secretive, but um tell us what you can tell us about the farm to table dinner.
3: It's going to be awesome. Well, yeah. Um well, it's what's been really cool is the more people find out about it, the more questions they ask and then they're like, "Oh, so so where is it?" Well, it changes every time. They're like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, we just uh set up shop in a different place every single time. Build a kitchen. You know, on site, and then I'm
2: pretty sure I asked. I was like, You have to tell me.
3: Yeah, you did. <laughs> and uh, but it's been really cool because um, the places we're trying to go into are obviously kind of older, and there used to be something there. And it used to, you know, people used to go to it and have, have one memory, and now they're gonna have another memory. And so it's kind of, you know, building on that emotional tie again of like, Mystery.
0: yeah, so in a dream world. Five years from now, what would your dream life be?
3: Oh man. Um, in a dream world, okay. I would have uh I'd have like two or three locations of Milo. This is what we're talking dream world. Um but not just in, in Waco. I would like to open one like in Lubbock and then one in my hometown in Calhoun. I think that'd be kinda cool. Cool. Um why Lubbock? Um my wife's family lives okay. there.
0: And do you mean a storefront? Mm-hmm. Like an
3: actual restaurant, yeah. And so, would it still be
1: brunch and lunch? Mm-hmm.
3: Cool. Yeah, I mean, and it, it's been crazy because it has only been three days we've been open. But it, you know, we've I've been up since like five o'clock, and then I'll be up till midnight thinking about stuff. And so, a lot of a lot a lot gets processed in those long days. You know, when you're like, you know, always thinking how can we make this better. And I just have to think to myself, this is only the second day, so it's yeah. not a big deal. Yeah but it's you know all these years of kind of culminating to do this and then once it's there it's like okay well this is there let's just like you're saying like yeah we we open it this week but we've been at the farmers market we're just doing what we do at the farmers market yeah, essentially yeah that's true and so we've had some some weeks some months to hone that in and figure that out um and now it's kind of onto the next thing of like okay now we're here what what are we going to sustain ourselves you know and i mean this is kind of trivial but we it was really exciting to me because it's just cool social media. But we got a thousand followers on Instagram. Was, yeah, what hey, up? I was, I was pumped up about that. And how can
1: listeners find you guys on Instagram? At Milo Waco, M I L O W A C
3: O. Yes.
0: So I know you want to do brunch and lunch, but your farm to table dinners are amazing. Mm-hmm. Is there? Would you ever want a restaurant that has dinner food?
3: I think that I am um, gonna. Okay, let's say let's say I opened a. Storefront for Milo, we'll be closed on Sundays, but do like a Sunday dinner, and the Sunday dinner nice. will be like the Sunday or, or like the farmers' dinner, like I the love far, that. Uh, farm table dinner. That would be fun. So that'll be at nighttime.
2: Yeah, I liked. I think, um, and, and you, you touched on this earlier, talking about memory and stuff. But I liked the the last farm to table dinner, with, um, you know, it had the theme that ran throughout, and you really there was, it was just so clear to me how art is i mean how food is art you know and how that was your medium and and what you were trying to um convey to us and and i'm sure some people were just like "Mm, food good and that's awesome too (laughs) yeah that's great but um but it was it was lovely so so much more of an experience if you really sit there and thought about it Mm
1: -hmm. yeah yeah well so much of the food industry and culture here in Waco is just that slowly preparing people for the next step like moving past the point where food equals good Mm -hmm. and getting to the point where food equals beautiful
2: yeah yeah I would definitely agree with that I mean you kind of have to bring everyone around like you even said with the price point you know um getting people to understand that you're doing something with um fresh and local ingredients and that um this is not your typical, you know, we've just thrown things together. That, and then I, I, think people will begin to see that there's there is value in having. And I'm just rambling at this point. So,
0: some um, Jack White. Oh no, wasn't Jack White? And there's someone whose quote I read the other day that was saying, when they sing a song, it's only good if they're feeling the way they felt when they initially wrote it. Mm. Do you feel that way when you're making a dish? Like, it's better when you're putting, when you're treating it like an art piece.
3: Well, I don't know if I can, I, I think I get at the heart of what you're saying. I mean, it's pretty blunt what you're saying, but the thing that makes it more important to me is like, okay, I'm not I'm not back there cooking all this stuff. I'm not back there at the front of the table dinners. I'm not cooking everything. Right. There's no way. So I have a team of people. And so. You know, we'll go through. I'll line out everything. I'll draw all the dishes on on the plates, like with a um, dry erase marker, and then you know we'll talk about the flavors, and I'll help build all the sauces and help them along the way. Then once it gets to a certain point, I just have to kind of release it and say, okay, this is yours now. And it's really incredible to me to see where they take it, and you know their interpretation of like how to bring this flavor forward and how to finish this product. And that's that's even more cool. Of like, you know, it's in my head, and it's like all these things floating around, and then all of a sudden it's like like a you know like a ping pong ball just bouncing everywhere, and all of a sudden you open the door and it like comes out the door. It's like mm-hmm. you don't know you didn't know where it was going to go, but it's 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 out there now. So it just is what it is, and it and it's always really beautiful to see that happen. Of like, you know, that's not the way I would have done it, but I loved this, and mm-hmm. so it's like, you know. Trusting the people that you have working with you to execute on that level um, and see your vision and have the confidence to run with it. Right. I think it's fun. Did that answer that question? Yes, it definitely did. Okay. (laughs) So
0: you make buttermilk biscuits, right? Yeah. Will you explain buttermilk to me?
3: Yes. So buttermilk, so there's a few different ways you make buttermilk. There's two different versions. So and even if, like, okay, if you walked in HEB today, If you look at the Borden buttermilk, you look at the H-E-B brand buttermilk, they have two different explanations on the front. The Borden buttermilk, this is cultured cultured buttermilk, um, Bulgarian buttermilk. Cultured Bulgarian buttermilk, and then the H-E-B one just says buttermilk. And the reason is because you can make cheese, and then what's left over after that fermentation process is buttermilk, in a way. Or... You can culture whole milk, and then let that build a culture, and it gets super, super thick, like almost like kefir.
0: So you don't put a culture in it; it just makes its own after it sits a while.
3: Yeah, well, you do put a culture into it, but with with the cheese, with the buttermilk that's left over after you're making cheese, it already has a culture in it for making the cheese. Right. And so it's it's leftover milk that has a culture in it that left undone. I mean, it's just you're just going to throw away gallons and gallons of milk. So and that's the cheaper way to do it than taking whole milk, culturing that, letting it sit, then bottling it. So that's the difference. Cool. It's cultures that, that thicken it and give it that tangy flavor.
2: Do you have um, a guilty pleasure, like something that is not from scratch, something that is not – Um, organic something that is not a a culinary masterpiece some maybe like packaged thing or fast foodish thing that is your guilty pleasure that you're like I can't help it I love this
1: make us feel okay about ourselves Yeah, basically yeah tell me Velveeta macaroni and cheese is the best just just tell it to (laughs) me it It is it's the best okay thank you
2: (laughs) he's totally lying to you (laughs) Um,
3: no but so one of my serious guilty pleasures is I mean I love chips and queso Okay, like all day long Wait, wait,
2: wait, wait, but you are from outside of Texas, so I need to know what your definition of queso is, because Texans, queso is something very specific. Wait, you don't don't call it hot cheese?
3: You call it queso? Wait, it ain't hot cheese? (laughs) Wait, I don't want queso, I want some hot cheese. You talking about that runny stuff in the bowl? Yeah, the
2: cheese. That cheese? I want chips and cheese.
3: Well, okay. Honestly, I think Torchy's might have the best queso in the world.
2: It's so good. Like,
3: I think that they put some kind of addictive substance in there. Okay. That has to be what it is.
2: I love Torchy's queso, but really, what you were supposed to say is yes, Wendy, Velveeta and Rotel. Okay, now listen, rolls. that's not a
3: Texas thing. That's that's an America thing. That's okay. a Kroger well, thing. Oh, that's okay, that's a, that's a hashtag right. America. Okay.
2: okay, word.
3: But no, I mean Velveeta and Rotel is great. Yeah. But then you gotta like put some, some more stuff in it.
2: Okay. No, I'm down with that. Like, put the lump of guacamole in the middle. Obviously, like, yeah, obviously. Can put some, some sausage? You know, hot sauce, <gasps> sausage,
3: maybe some chorizo. Yeah, yeah. Did I say that right? Uh,
0: so, ish. I picture you at home not eating anything but gourmet meals.
3: That's that's <laughs> Is that like furthest from the truth. If my wife was here right now, <laughs> like honestly, would Lauren be laughing. She would be laughing because honestly, I rarely ever eat. And then when I do get home, I'll eat like a bag of chips and a vat of hummus. <laughs> can, like a vat of hummus. I love hummus. Me so too.
1: what are some places in town that you like to eat? Have you found any? I know you're relatively new to Waco, but yeah. has there been any specific dishes that you've seen here that you're like, oh, yeah. the?
3: Oh, man, that's like, that's putting me out there.
1: Well, I mean, the, <laughs> the people want to know. You got to get the people what they
3: want. Um. I think that honestly, I ate at um, Christo's the other day, the little food truck, and I loved it. It's good. They, mm, their, their hummus is super zesty, mm-hmm. and I was all about it.
1: Do you get that avocado hummus that they have, yeah. or a pesto? hummus? I got both. I got, bo- I got okay. like the
3: red pepper and the avocado one. Yeah, and l- like loved every minute of it.
1: That was delicious.
3: It was, it was so good.
1: But
2: can I, I have to tell you what you have to get there? As someone who knows rich Southern food. Christos has cheese gravy fries. What? And they have gravy and cheese on them. And <laughs> for me, it's like, okay, I'm gonna work out three times today and not eat for the rest of the week, but I'm gonna go have cheese gravy fries <laughs> from Christmas. i feel that. Yeah, you need so to try good. that. Really but
3: good. honestly, okay, truth be told, the thing is, is like, if I were to, to even compliment like a dish that's made in Waco right now. Most of it's from chain restaurants, so it doesn't even matter. Yeah. Like, that's the way I feel. I mean, well, the, I, and I, don't, I don't say that, like, pretentiously. It's just, like, you know, I think there are some people making really, like, really, really good food. Um, but I think that the thing that a lot of places lack is just change and, you know, just care, I think.
1: Yeah. Well, the ability to switch up a menu based on what's seasonal or throw yeah. something new, if you have to you know, get that as a result of a 75 email chain with your bosses, then, yeah, the likelihood of that happening isn't great. Mm -hmm. But the more that we have people like you who step up and really want to start. I mean, then that's something that we've talked about probably ad nauseum on this podcast, but we'll continue to do so. The pioneer spirit that's here. Yeah. It's like
3: you can do whatever you want. It's it's unreal. Like in Waco, it is truly unreal. How many people I mean, and I'm not using but but us three right here. Like we moved here and we just started businesses, and, pe- and people have like, yeah, this is great. Yeah, I mean, like, where else can you really do that and make it like a meaningful impact in a community? And I just think that, you know, it's it's a really special time in Waco, and uh, and I think that it's it's a it's a special community. I mean, there's a lot of people here that really that are kind of set in their ways, but the end of the day they're not like if you if you show them something that's worthwhile then they're gonna take take hold of it and and make it their own and i think that you know there's a lot of cool people here that are doing some great things and have been for a long time and i think that now people are just starting to actually wake up and take notice of that i mean you know even like jesse's tortillas okay he's been they've, oh, they've been making tortillas 66 or forever years, yeah. forever I think 66. and it's awesome to see him flourishing and like being able to, you know, Santos is the guy who owns it now. Mm-hmm. And like he, he doesn't work all the time. That's great because he's able to hire people and, you know, build build a, an incredible business doing an awesome product. Handmade tortillas, then they make those tortillas into tortilla chips. I mean, that and like, and that feeds 75% of the, the restaurants in town that use tortilla chips. Yeah,
2: I love that that local people. I love when I see that, the local restaurants saying, oh, we're going to use those chips, you know. I mean, that just that warms my heart.
3: And Santa's made it easy. Yeah. He's, he's made a consistent product, and he will deliver it whenever, however much you need. And I think that's the biggest thing is a lot of people don't want to change because it's not easy. I mean. For sure. You know, like I have to drive. I mean, I spend a, like two days going and getting stuff, you know, because – I mean they don't deliver or they, they can't deliver or they, they have too many kids or, or whatever I mean like where I get my chickens from it's like they don't have time to go do that and you know I have to drive out there pick through the chickens that I want and I mean I even had to like kill some of the chickens and pluck them myself because I need them for this dinner tomorrow <laughs> but I mean it is what it is
0: that is dedication it's a true story for someone that's such an emotional person it's so hilarious to me that that doesn't Get to you at all?
1: Yeah. Is that just because
3: it's an animal? <laughs> um. I mean, I think, I think that it's pretty clear that they're. That's their purpose. That's their purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like it's it's set up too well. like
0: See, I feel that way. I can say that, but I couldn't actually like do it. It's so interesting to me listening to you talk about the way that you prepare these chickens.
3: Well, like, even yesterday, when I went to go get the chickens, um, some there were some lambs out there, too. And, like, they just kind of walked up when you are just petting them, and they're cool. It's like, but lamb is
2: delicious. Lamb is
3: delicious. And, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, not to throw it back to 1994 and the Lion King, but it is just the circle of life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that, you know, they serve a purpose. I mean, it's like, I'm not going to go out and kill a dog. I couldn't do that. But
0: Why? I see. I don't get that.
3: I mean, I think. I don't think, get
0: the domestication of certain animals.
3: I don't know. It's, it's, it, it, that's emotional. You know, I don't have an emotional tie to it. But at the same time, like, some of the farmers, they do. They're like, oh, man, i tell you, like, this, 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 this lamb here, we've struggled with it and it's been through this. We had to take it to the vet and all this. But yeah, but, you know, we're going to kill it next week and family's coming in town. And it's just like, you know, that animal. I mean, like a dog is there to, uh, at least my dog is there to be there for me. You know, like if I'm, you know, if Lauren's at work or I'm, you know, up really late, like Rugby's there hanging out with me. And that's his purpose. Mm -hmm. And the lamb is there to feed us. You know, like they, I mean, you can't, I mean, you can snuggle up to a lamb, but I mean, it has hooves and it's not, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. (laughs) And, you know, like their their brain chemistry is different than a dog. Like, uh, you know, a lamb doesn't, it doesn't, can't interpret it, I think, as well. I mean, it, just being around them, you can tell, like, how skittish they are. I sure, mean, mm-hmm. wolves are more friendly than mm-hmm. lambs are. And I think that, you know, it just, it's, a, it's that weird kind of domestication, like My you're saying. My dad
0: always says the best example of unconditional love is a dog.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's so, so true. true. He can get in the trash and ruin everything, and I'll spank him, and he'll, like, cry. Ten minutes later, he's like, hey, let's go hang out. Let's All hang he in. wants
0: is to make you happy. I know. It's so it's weird. So cute.
1: So let's take a quick trip around the world. I want to take a little Waco Suck tour. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a region, either a city or a state or a country, and you are going to tell me what you would prepare. If it's the four of us, we're on a trip, and you're going to be using the local ingredients, to the, to the best of your knowledge. I don't know how. You know how much you know exactly. Let's we'll see. L- let's test it. Let's see. Okay, so Julia and Wendy and Corey and Austin are going on a trip to Tennessee. If we want to eat a Tennessee meal and you're cooking for us, what are you cooking?
3: Oh man, we're eating pork. I and mean, we're gonna smoke some pork shoulder, probably maybe even just do like a whole a whole pig and we're gonna drink some Tennessee whiskey. That's what we're gonna do.
1: Pork and whiskey, I can do that. Yeah, that's exactly what we'll do. Wheat we and any sides, suds, sides. sides, sides. Sorry, that was my real, my real Southern accent. I was like suds,
3: there. sides. We're probably gonna do some, uh, well, succotash like we had at the last dinner. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. do some or cream corn. Oh my cornbread, uh, like there's no tomorrow. Cornbread, like there's no tomorrow. Maybe even some, uh, maybe some some beans, and definitely like a really good slaw. Got to have slaw with pork.
1: All right. So we all decided to take a little trip to North Africa. Yeah. We are staying in a little rooftop garden in Fez, Morocco. Oh, my gosh. Just a little south of the Rift Mountains. Yeah. What are we eating?
3: We're going to actually take it back to lamb. We're going to do some merguez sausage. What is that? It's It's a lamb sausage from Morocco.
2: Nice.
3: It's really, really tasty. Has a lot of uh, cumin and uh, anise in it. It's delicious. And anise—that's the sort of black licorice taste. Mm -hmm. Black licorice. Okay. Um, Yeah, that'd be so good. I love merguez. Maybe even. uh, And you know, the thing about uh, North Africa is, well, in Africa in general, like that northern and like western region of Africa, Uh it's very tied into the uh, the American South. I mean, because Mm -hmm. like that's. I mean that's where a lot of the slaves came from, yeah. and so as that trade kept happening, you know we'd bring food there, they bring food back. I mean ri- rice in general came from West Africa. And isn't that's planted peanuts in peanuts? Peanuts, too. yeah?
2: I've been wanting to make it like a sweet potato peanut stew. Sweet
3: potatoes? I mean sweet potatoes are huge in yeah. North Africa. Sweet it's like sweet potatoes, and uh, merguez sausage. Actually, uh, for the for in November we're doing uh, the World Hunger Relief dinner. I do they're a big farm day. It's uh-huh. like 250 people. We're cooking lamb like a North African style, which would be a lot of fun. Cool.
1: So we hop over from Morocco yeah. and hitchhike our way across the continent and decide to take a river trip along the Yangtze River in mainland China. What are we
4: eating?
3: <laughs> 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 We're going to eat as much kimchi as possible. Mm-hmm. That's more Korean, though. That's more Korean. Have it you made more. kimchi? Yeah, we sell kimchi. Really? Yeah. So kimchi, kimchi, that's
1: that's like fermented... Fermented cabbage. Do you sell it at cabbage? the okay. farmer's market? Yeah.
2: Okay, I needed to know that because there are Me people too. who come every Saturday and ask... Why oh Kimchi isn't still there but now I can direct him to Milo. Oh,
3: there's a place that did kimchi. We
2: O oh Kimchi from Austin came to market and sold like their different types of kimchi but they haven't been in a while. Really? Yeah.
0: Do you have kimchi at the trailer?
3: Uh-huh. uh No, no, not on the trailer. Just at the market.
0: Yeah. I'll be getting some this Saturday.
3: Oh, you know what? But
2: uh, I mean, do you have a jarred? or just yeah, just, just okay. jarred. excellent.
3: Um actually, you know what? I'll I'll do, I do love like um I do love Thai food, so I, I don't know. I, I love...
1: I don't know how long the Yangtze River runs. It might even go into parts of China, and parts of Thailand, or maybe into Korea. I don't know. Well, but prob- for the sake of this exercise, we can say that it does.
3: We'll probably eat some sweetbreads, too. Some some brains. That's definitely... That's that's hardcore Chinese.
1: So does a cow brain taste different from a pig brain, taste different from a sheep
3: brain? Well, I've only had... I've only had... Lamb sweetbreads and then veal sweetbreads, so and they're they're pretty different. I mean, they're the veal is much more well, and you, you want to get like a young brain because it's still kind of it's not quite as firm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, I, I can't weird. do sweetbreads because of consistency. It's yeah. not
2: even I don't even mind eating the brains of something. It's just that's the same thing with uh, pork belly. I know that that's a delicacy. I can't I cannot stand the way it feels on my tongue.
0: So su- y'all are saying sweet bread. It's not bread, though.
3: Yeah, it's the brain, it's the thalamus gland. Why
0: is it called bread?
3: Just so people don't sit, walk around saying brains.
1: Uh, it's meat. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, but is is it only brain or is it just like
3: entrails? No, that that's awful. Okay, so
2: o f f a l
3: o f f a l. So awful is the brain's included in that too. So it's liver, kidneys, entrails, uh, brain, stuff like that. Wow.
0: So we could be eating brain, we just don't. They only yeah. do it
3: in China. No, I mean, you can, I mean you can get it here. We we used to make like fri- so like hot chicken. We used to do hot chicken sweetbreads, mm-hmm. but I mean they were veal sweetbreads.
2: There's some wow. restaurants, um, like charcuterie restaurants in Austin that you can get sweetbreads at.
3: Yeah, for sure. You do like a pate. Mm-hmm. I did a, I did a liver pate for David Mayfield the other day. It's yes. really good.
1: So, for something to be considered veal and not pork. Is there an age cutoff well, for veal the cow? Is beef. And pork is Oh pig. yeah, no I'm sorry. Yeah, for for <laughs> veal and beef. Is there an age cutoff for the cow? Yeah, I
3: think it's less than a, I think it's a year or something. Well it's the same way well maybe it's less than that. Maybe six months or something. Um like lamb and mutton, you know, if the lamb is older than twelve months then it's considered mutton. And it's not as good I mean it's just gonna be tough. Yeah. It's not gonna be nice and flavorful and, and tender.
1: So can can you tell whether it's just a cut of beef or a cut of veal? Yeah. Just it's, based on the softness? Yeah, like
3: the veal is super light pink in color, and it's, you know, real milky. You know, like there's a lot of recipes that call for to, well, and like if you're cooking offal or you're cooking something that's not just like a straight cut of beef, you know, if you're cooking even like chicken livers or you're cooking, I mean, you can even do this with pork belly, but letting it sit in milk will help take some of the gaminess out of it. Like, especially buttermilk. Thinking about the buttermilk. It'll take some of that gaminess out of it and just add a lot more, like... You can actually get to the flavor of what you're... Mm-hmm. You know, instead of... Because livers are, like, have that huge astringent taste. Yeah. Um, just because they have processed so much in their life. Um, that's why, I mean, if you're going to cook livers, then, I mean, might as well buy, <laughs> buy good, good chicken livers. Sure. Um, but, yeah. I mean, you can definitely taste I mean, it's, like I said, veal is... It has that, like, you know, whenever you're eating like a fillet, you know that just if a really high quality fillet has just that that butter this that mm-hmm. butteriness to it. That's yeah. kind of that's kind of what veal is it, like all over. It just mouth. it just melts. It's just super tender. Oh God! Very unworked, <laughs> delicious.
1: So for people who are listening who are just home cooks, yeah who might be looking to, say, dress up a sandwich or, you know, make a pasta dish that'll impress their friends, what are some easy-to-use ingredients that people can keep in their kitchen that they can use on a normal basis?
3: Kimchi. Kimchi? I mean, seriously. (laughs) Like, if you... I mean, how many people here, I mean, like, they're cooking at home. I mean, braised greens right now are about to be huge. Kimchi and braised greens any of them is just so delicious because then you get you're left with all that pot liquor it's just it's pot liquor is the liquid leftover after you put braised greens Um, but yeah I mean throwing kimchi in there I mean anything that's kind of like a little fermented like you can grab some fish sauce or even some gochujang at at H-U-B gochujang is a fermented chili paste and you know you can mix that mix gochujang and mayonnaise put that on your sandwich or like taking like you were saying with the sriracha mayonnaise, I mean just you know. <laughs> whenever I cook something at home, I just like grab everything out of the of mm-hmm. the fridge. Mix it all together. I'm like what? Let's just whatever. Like yeah. I started I started like making potatoes at home, and deglazing the potatoes like after they get nice and crunchy with fish sauce, and then squeezing lemon over that, and it's just so delicious. It's just so bright and kind of like that acidic astringent flavor with that like nuttiness with the butter of the potatoes you know just like playing with you know think about all the different flavor profiles and say okay well this is why doesn't this taste good well it could it could just be terrible and you messed it up or burnt it but usually it's like well, there's not enough acid in there just like squeeze some lemon instead of adding more salt I gotta do that all the time mm-hmm. if something's like not quite bright enough just add some acid to it
0: cool. What's kind of your thing. favorite vegetable to eat by itself?
3: By itself.
0: It can be cooked, it can be roasted or never. No.
3: Oh. Um I think my favorite vegetable, um I oh, that's really hard. Potatoes are so good. Um You can't say
0: potatoes. It has to be something that maybe not would everyone eats all the time. Be paleoable.
3: <laughs> that that would not be paleoable. That paleo- would be
0: paleoable.
3: Oh, that would be paleoable. Um,
2: Which actually isn't fair because they don't do legumes, which I think is criminal.
3: I Mm -hmm. I do too. I think that's crazy. Um, Truthfully, like something that I put on just about anything I eat is I love avocados, but those are fruit, Mm -hmm. but um, I do love avocados, but uh, I think like right now I'm I'm, I'm obsessed with eggplant and all the different ways you can use eggplant and right now like JBG has some of the most beautiful eggplants I've ever seen in my entire life. They have these ones that are called Purple Dancers, and they're just oh, delicious. Like, you know, you look at an eggplant, and you're like, I don't know what to do with that. Just roast it and, like, mm-hmm. just roast it in the shell, and it's, like, carve it out like you would squash and just, like, make mashed eggplant and season it like you would potatoes. Make and baba ganoush. Baba ganoush like is great. Yeah. I do love eggplant. Eggplant's so are looking. we
0: done with our trip?
1: Yeah, well, there there was, there was one final spot that I wanted to go on. Um, I thought that maybe once we hit Szechuan Province, we could take another puddle jumper over the Pacific, and then we would hop across the continent, and we end up up in the northeast of the United States. So we've been out on the boat all day. We've been fishing been trying to find scallops and mussels. What are we cooking for dinner that night?
3: I mean, if we got some mussels, did we get some?
1: Well, we got we got mussels, we got but we we, we 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 got say. everything. We you got know? everything. We had a great haul on the boat today.
3: Oh, dude, we're gonna take some mussels, and we're gonna we're gonna take some uh, sherry, and some hot sauce, and a little bit of fish stock, and some shallots and garlic. Reduce all that down. Throw those mussels in there. Throw some so, throw some tomatoes in there too. Let all that cook down. Let them open up. And just get a pile them into a bowl with a big loaf of bread just like scoop those muscles out and dip it in the juice and just like have a good time that sounds
0: good that sounds so good
3: oh and we had to finish it with a lot of butter too of
1: course
0: and And some (laughs) white wine and
1: some white wine well that sounds like quite the trip well Corey thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us yeah thank you we
3: talked a lot about food
1: (laughs)
0: yeah
2: I have (laughs) no no idea why (laughs) well
1: obviously there's a lot more to Corey than just food and if you want to know what's up in Corey's world you can find him on Instagram at Corey McIntyre and you can also see what's going on with Milo you can find them on Instagram at Milo Waco M-I-L-O-W-A-C-O so they've got That's the right. trailer they're at Common Grounds which is now there permanently
3: yeah and then we're also going to be at the silos whenever that opens and, sweet uh, yeah so two trailers you'll have two trailers, yeah, we'll have two trailers. Cool.
1: yeah so give us a a quick little sneak peek into what the fall is going to look like for you guys once you're
3: over there yeah, so I mean, we'll be open at Common Grounds uh, Monday through Saturday, and then we'll also be at uh, the Silos Monday through Saturday and at the Farmer's Market still on Saturdays and hopefully um, continue to do our farm-to-table dinners. We, we have the rest of the year planned out for farm-to-table, um, and then we're going to take a break in January and come back in February for that. And um, we're hopefully going to get a few caterings and um, start to, to pop up a few more places around town.
1: Corey, well, thank you so much for joining us on the Waco Suck. This was really fun.
3: I enjoyed it. It was awesome.
1: Thanks. All right, Waco. Well, we love you. Bye. Have a good week. Bye, Bye Waco. Talk to you Bye, later.